Well, hello, good morning, Andre here. Welcome to another episode of The Daily. I trust that the sun is shining wherever you're at. It's a brand new day, full of possibility, full of promise. And I'm sure by now you would be aware that last night uh, we have all received the news that we are officially going to be entering into phase two come Friday. And so I believe many of you are really excited. We're talking about like boyfriends and girlfriends getting reunited. You'll be able to go to the gym again. You'll be able to uh, visit your extended family, uh, extroverts. You finally get to spend time with people. Uh, but all this to say, even as we celebrate uh, this new phase, uh, let us be thankful for how God has preserved and protected us in this time. But also let's still remain diligent, still remain uh, observant of all the right practices. And let's trust God and believe that there will be better days before us. And so all this to say, enjoy the reopening, stay safe. Let's get started with the podcast. Some couple of weeks ago, I was catching up with a friend from ministry school and uh, many of you will know I spent uh, three years in the US in Redding, California. I was in Bethel Church and I was uh, in the School of Supernatural Ministry. Now this was by far one of the most formative uh, times and seasons in my life uh, and really prepared me for my uh, career in ministry. Uh, not so much in kind of uh, theological knowledge, although there was a good chunk of that, but uh, it was really in uh, experience and, uh, you know, kind of practical ministry. And we got a whole lot of that. Uh, I was exposed to various kinds of ministries. I was uh, in Haiti for mission trips and I was also going around to churches in the US and, uh, you know, we would go there uh, usually with a pastor, the pastor would preach and then we would hang back after the service, people would come forward and we would pray for them. We would pray for God to touch them, uh, for them to experience the presence of God, but also for uh, them to be healed of uh, any kind of uh, physical conditions, medical conditions that uh, they had. And it was by far one of the most formative kind of moments and seasons in my life because of how much I saw God's power in action. And I literally saw people who would come in in wheelchairs, who were wheelchair bound, uh, stand up and walk as the power of God would touch them. I saw you know, people with uh, crazy conditions, you know, people who uh, lived with uh, chronic pain leave uh, these meetings uh, completely healed, pain free. And I was just recounting, you know, all these stories with uh, my buddy, my friend who was in ministry school with me. And it just struck me, you know, at, at the point in time that it had been a while since I prayed for someone to be healed, since I saw a miracle. But what struck me more than that was how okay I was with not seeing miracles, or was how okay I was with not seeing the power of God move uh, in our church, in our meetings, in the lives of people in need. I was somehow okay with a Christian expression that uh, didn't necessarily include 
the power of God, the power of the Holy Spirit to bring forth deliverance and breakthrough. I would teach on it. I would preach sermons, you know, that would provoke thinking, that would cause people to rethink their lifestyles. But I, I then began to reflect, uh, even in my ministry and our church, whether, you know, we uh, in one sense have given room for God's power to move, but also in the other sense, whether we are okay to live life without the power of God. Now, this subject may be controversial for some, right? You know, in some Christian circles, the good news of miracles of life transformed does not necessarily bring feelings of excitement. It often comes with warning and caution, right? Beware of false prophecies. Beware of false signs. We know of that classic verse that goes, Depart from me, for I never knew you. And that was Jesus' rebuke of those who would perform signs in his name, but deny him by way of their lifestyle, deny him by way of their relational connection with him. And in some places, right, God has been absent for so long, his power has been absent for so long, that when something powerful and supernatural happens, people instinctively think that it is of the devil. And so the idea of miracles, God's power, supernatural power on the earth to heal, to save, to deliver, often comes with a pile of warnings in return, the possibility of false signs and wonders. And I'd like to say that that is a legitimate concern, as the Bible wants, right? We need to remember this, right? That there has to be something real in order for there to be a counterfeit. The devil is not the creator, but God is the creator God. He is the one who spoke all things to existence, who creates all things. And because the devil has no creative ability whatsoever, he is kind of a distorter of what already exists. And so the point I'd like to make to you is that in order for there to be false signs and false wonders, there has to be legitimate signs and legitimate wonders. In order for there to be a counterfeit, there has to be some that which is authentic, real, and genuine. And it's on that note, we even explore the question of what does it mean to be a genuine, authentic follower of Jesus? What does it mean to be his genuine, authentic church on the earth? What does it mean to be followers of his way, his kingdom? Let me read over you this morning a couple of passages of scripture. Romans chapter 14 verse 17 says this, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. I'll read to you uh, another passage of scripture. This is Acts chapter 10, verse 38. It says this in God's word. God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Now, the first verse that we read, Romans chapter 14, verse 17, it says the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking. And, you know, you read it in its context, it's not uh, any kind of uh, commentary or uh, you know, play down on our need to eat 
or drink, you know, it's really talking about debauchery, about uh, gluttony and indulgence, and that is not what the kingdom of God is about. It's not about eating and drinking, but it's of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. But for all purposes, you know, let's just even uh, explore uh, that kind of like parallel or uh, contrast. Like the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking. It is of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 20 says that the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but of power. And if we were to distill the church experience, our experience with what we kind of associate in our minds as the kingdom of God, it is precisely those three activities, right? It involves talking, and then there's eating, and then there's drinking. And it's there's nothing wrong with that, right? There's nothing wrong with eating, drinking, and talking. But that's not what the kingdom of God is about in its entirety. It's about righteousness, peace, and joy. And in 1 Corinthians, it also says that it is not of talk, but it is of power. And that word power is the word dunamis, which uh, can loosely translate to like kind of an explosive might. Is where we get the word dynamite from. It is not just a matter of talk or theories or concepts, but it demands a kind of explosive expression that is the kingdom of God. Now, what expression, uh, you might be asking today, is that which is associated with the kingdom of God? And this is where we land on Acts chapter 10, verse 38, where Jesus was anointed by God with the Holy Spirit and with power, and he went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. So the first thing it says that Jesus did when, as he was filled with power, was he went about doing good. Now that word doing good, Lucy translates to doing good deeds, performing kind service or benefit unto others. And it's also where we get the idea of philanthropy from loving your fellow brethren, loving another human being, being kind, being good, being hospitable, charitable towards another. And then it goes on, it says this, it says that he went about healing all who were oppressed by the devil, all who were under Satan's yoke, all who were oppressed by the kingdom of darkness. He went about healing them, bringing freedom and deliverance. And it says this uh, towards the end of that verse, it says, for God was with him. He went about doing good, healing those who were oppressed, for God was with him. And it was almost as though to say a sure sign that God was with a person was that signs and wonders would accompany that person. Because if you think about it, a sign is a pointer to a different kind of reality, right? So you think of an exit sign. An exit sign points to the exit. You don't exit through the exit sign, but you exit through whatever the exit sign points toward. And that is what signs and wonders does, right? It points to a reality that is greater than itself. It points to the God who heals, the God who delivers, the God who is all-powerful, who is altogether lovely, who is good. And now most of us wouldn't have a problem, even as we read of this verse, right? 
after all, we believe that Jesus is the vine, that he came uh, fully man, yet, but also fully God. And he came, uh, you know, in right relationship with the Father. And he came to advance, to display, to reveal God's coming kingdom. And we don't have a problem with that. Jesus, yes, he heals. Yes, he moves in power. But what we have an issue with is believing that God has called us, Jesus has called us to do the same works. And the Bible tell, tells us even greater works. In Matthew chapter 10, verse 8, it says this of Jesus, his interaction to uh, his disciples. He, he calls them to heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. Now, often when we pray for someone to be healed, to be touched of God, we go, God, please heal this person. And as I read the Gospels, as I pour through scriptures, I find it hard to believe that that is an appropriate prayer for two reasons. One, when we beg God to heal a person, it almost kind of implies that we are more merciful than he is. It's as though we have to twist God the Father's arm to heal, to love on a person. It's as though to say we love and we are more merciful than he is, which is entirely untrue. And the second problem I have with a prayer like this is because of Jesus' words to his disciples. He did not tell them to pray back or plead for me, Jesus, or the Father to heal. He did not say that. Instead, he said, go and heal them. Speak to the affliction, the oppression, the disease, and command for it to go in my name. And that is the kind of church, the people of God that we're called to be on the earth, not ones who wait passively in the midst of hopelessness and trying impossible circumstances and hope and wish for God's coming deliverance or his coming return. We are called to be the people of God, Christ on the earth, to move in power, to reveal the kingdom of light in the midst of darkness to at times even be an answered prayer to a person in need. That is what we have been called to do, to be through God's Holy Scripture. We are called to move in power as His church. And the walk of faith is this, right? It's to live uh, in the midst of mysteries that we cannot explain, to still trust and believe in the midst of mysteries, but it's also to live according to the revelation to which we have received. The walk of faith is to live according to the revelation that we have received and in the midst of the mysteries that we cannot explain. And through God's holy scripture, it has been revealed to us that we, his church, have been empowered with authority, with his power to bring forth his kingdom in the midst of impossible circumstances. And even as you're hearing this this morning, you might have a thousand and one objections in your mind in relation to this subject, right? Maybe you've prayed for someone before and it didn't happen, nothing really happened. Maybe you have some personal kind of traumatic experiences with the subject. Or maybe you just have a ton of fear in your heart, right? You worry that it's false sign, it's a false wonder. My encouragement to you this morning is to read the Gospels, to read the book of Acts, and allow your spirit to be stirred by the stories of God's deliverance, of God's power, meeting with people in need. 
And perhaps even as we are able to move around a bit more these days to visit people, I encourage you to even go to people you know who are going through a trying circumstance. They might be experiencing a certain physical condition or might be going through a different kind of hardship, be it financial, emotional, relational. I encourage you to go to these people and pray in faith and believe for God's power to move through you even as you avail yourself as a conduit of His will. John Wimber, the founder of the Vineyard Movement, once said that faith is spelled R-I-S-K. It's spelled risk. And faith, you know, at times doesn't necessarily have all the answers or have has all the mechanics worked out or has all the, the intellectual and theological kind of obstacles and reasonings mapped out. At times, faith looks like simple obedience. It looks like taking God at His word. And I want to encourage you in this time, in this time where there's so much need, where there's so much darkness around us, let us be the people of God. Let us be light in the midst of darkness. Let us be a church that moves in power. Because, you know, a powerless church has nothing for the devil to counterfeit. And the reason why there's false signs, false wonders, counterfeit moves of God is because there's something worth replicating. There's something that is authentic, that is valuable enough for the devil to bother. And in many ways, you know, when he does so, it reveals his hands. This is something worth bearing into. This is something worth paying attention to. Let's be the church. Let's be a people that move in power. And so even as we close off this podcast this morning, I'd like to spend some time are praying for you. Perhaps you're going through a hard time. You might be battling with some kind of condition uh, yourself. I would love to pray for you and also ask for God's Spirit to rest upon you just as He did on Jesus in Acts chapter 10 verse 38 and clothe Him with power. I pray the same over you this morning that the Spirit will come upon you and clothe you in power such that you may be a vessel, a conduit of His will, of His light on the earth. And so let's spend a few moments this morning praying together. I encourage you right now, if you have any need, be it a physical need, a financial need, an emotional need, a relational need, I would love for you to put that need before you right now. And as you have that need in your mind, I would love to pray for you in this moment. Father, you see every need in every person right now. In the name of Jesus, I speak to these needs, physical needs, and command the healing virtue of Jesus, that which was purchased and paid in full on the cross, to touch every person that's listening, that is battling a kind of physical condition, be healed in the mighty name of Jesus. I pray even right now for hardships and struggles that of the relational kind, of the financial kind, of the emotional kind. I speak God's kingdom, His providence, His grace and His will over these situations. God, I thank you that you bring all things into wholeness, restoration and reconciliation. And right now, God, I just speak 
your spirit to come upon every person that's listening to this podcast. Holy Spirit, I speak your tangible presence to be felt by all who's listening. God, clothe them with your presence, your peace, your shalom, your love in this moment. Let it be tangible. Let it be felt even in this moment. And Spirit, I ask in this time, clothe us with power. Clothe us with your dunamis. Clothe us with grace, even as we seek to be vessels of your will, conduits of God's kingdom on the earth. God, help us. Give us grace. Give us power this day. Help us to live out our faith, to dare to step into areas of need to bring forth your light in your kingdom. God, we ask that you help us in this time. We pray all these things in your name. Amen. Well, thank you so much for tuning in to yet another episode of The Daily. This was a slightly different episode, but I hope you were encouraged by the teaching and by the time of prayer. And I pray that uh, this won't be the end of all that you have experienced, but you will go forth in faith to heal, to save, to deliver in Jesus' most mighty name. Amen. Have a blessed day ahead, and I'll see you in the next episode. Grace and peace. Hey, thanks so much for tuning in to the daily podcast. We will have fresh new episodes out for you every weekday. If you like what you're hearing and want to check us out, uh, you can look us up on our website, www.thecity.sg, or check us out on our various social media platforms. We'll see you at the next episode. Peace.